This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, well, welcome to a podcast of Rare Antiquities. Today we review a finale season one of Picard. Jeff, how are you? I'm good, man. It's good to be back in our series of COVID-19 editions of uh, (laughs) Podcast of Antiquities. That's that's right. Episode 10 of season one just premiered and um, I just got finished watching it maybe 20 minutes ago. So, uh, oh, perfect. So let's get right into it. What did you think? A lot lot to take in here, dude. There is a lot to take in. in. Yes. So no, no one feeling or sentence is gonna is gonna capture it. I don't think. No, no, it won't. We'll go through the whole episode as we normally do. But just give me your first high level thoughts. Did you like it? Do you think it's a good finale for the season? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think it was a good finale for the season. I think I would say that it was maybe a perfect finale for the season because it had the same highs and lows that the season itself had. All of the great things and all of the problems of the whole season presented themselves in this episode. I would agree with that. I I have difficulty classifying how I feel about this episode because Mm. if I could just take five minutes and clip five minutes into a nice little segment and just watch that over and over again, I would be in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I think I know the five minutes you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, and that's probably five minutes of TV that uh, was very emotionally resonant with me, and I didn't expect to have that in the finale here. If I could just, if that was the entire season, this would be a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. If that was that kind of quality, the rest of the episode here, again, as you said, uh, I would say as most more on the lows, and it brings up some questions. But it does leave, I guess, a sense of direction on what's going on for season two, in a sense. Not Mm -hmm. that there's a cliffhanger storyline, but just you get a sense of what the crew is going to look like and how things are going to proceed. But I had some problems, major problems with the episode as well. So I guess that's all I'll say for a beginning segment. So why don't we get right into it here? So obviously, I just we just watched it. I didn't have time to prepare notes. So I'm just going to kind of wing it. So Picard is being... Held up there, Soji and Soong and the other androids are building a beacon that they are trying to get to this other synthetic area of the galaxy. They're going to send this signal and open up some kind of uh, conduit or whatnot or wormhole that's going to allow this android presence to come in and just it's going to be an apocalyptic event. This thing or race of beings is going to come in and wipe everything off the face of anything anywhere in the galaxy mm-hmm. or in the universe. And then I guess would take all the synthetics back with them once they their reign of terror was done. What did you think of this whole thing? Let's just focus on that. I mean, like we, we, we talked about it a bit last week uh, or our last episode about, about that concept, which, uh, you know, like the synthetic federation, we'll call it, that's sort of waiting out wherever to rescue synthetics that once they've kind of reached a certain evolutionary stage, save them from their inevitable extinction at the hands of the uh, organic life forms, which is lifted directly from Mass Effect, pretty much. 
like as an overall concept, other than it is ripped off from a video game and a great video game, but still is fine, I guess, as a concept. I guess the, the problem we get is that it is sort of a faceless evil. Star Trek is typically not about faceless evil, you know? Even the Borg wasn't really. I guess maybe the Borg kind of was faceless evil. Well, the well star. They, they, they had they had faces, Jeff. Well, they had faces <laughs> technically. I know, the, just joking with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it just it doesn't feel very Star Trekky to have just a villain that's like that, you know. And obviously they have their reasons, but you know when we finally see them and then there's these weird sort of centipede mechanical centipede tentacles. I thought it was it's, like uh, Dr. Octopus was coming through there. It kind of, yeah. It did look kind of like... It's just kind of cheap. It's kind of cheap sci-fi. Like, it didn't feel up to the standards of, of Trek. Like, so, you know, like, I think I, I, they yeah. had the right I, idea. It's just they didn't quite... They didn't, they didn't hit it. You know, they didn't execute it. Right. No, and, and I agree with you. This is cheap sci-fi. This is... You're, you're right. Faceless evil... I really don't understand what really the point of this whole thing was, and I want to get to that at the end. It's just to for Picard, I guess, to turn Soji around against this faceless threat, and for her to make to make the right decision to become, you know, so you don't have to live up to this potential prophecy or destiny, and you can choose your own fate. <laughs> it's funny. It's I still had Terminator vibes through this whole thing. So, but that's just, that's just me. But I agree. I don't think it was strong. And I don't think that this faceless threat was a good MacGuffin for the season, unfortunately. Um, but it is what it is. So let's let's talk about now what's going on with on the Borg cube here. So Narek escaped at the last in the last episode, right? right and now right. and now we have on the La Serena, we have a scene where Rios and Rafi are trying to power up their ship again. Mm -hmm. And he's saying because there's no, the antimatter chamber is empty or broken, they can't power up the ship. And they can't power up the ship or do anything to help power up the ship because they have no antimatter. So all mm -hmm. of a sudden, here comes, you know, very convenient currency device. Where did they get this thing that all of a sudden, just if they think it, it does whatever it wants to do? The, uh, the androids gave it to him the last episode. Oh, man. Yeah, okay, I forgot about that, and I probably blocked it out because it's stupid. So, I don't know. I didn't like this. I think it's we're talking about cheap writing here again. I, I don't know. What did you think about, about these scenes? And, and this I thing comes into play again later with yeah, uh, Agnes. I, I didn't like the later thing that it came into play with. I guess I didn't care about it much in this scene because, you know, at first I'm like, okay, well, they, they're just using magic at this point. But if you're going to use that criticism, then all of Star Trek falls apart because every technology they use is magic warp drive is magic transporters are magic replicators are magic it's all phasers are magic like every shields are magic every technology in star trek is magic so I wouldn't, okay so i, I don't want to have this episode be bogged down with that kind of discussion well, i i agree that all the techno babble in star trek and all the tech is magic to us. However, I believe that a lot of what they were trying to do in Star Trek and the original, all the other shows, there was still some, I wouldn't say a scientific basis behind it, but they disguised everything in the dialogue and how they approached solving the matters with some kind mm -hmm. of basis in Star Trekian science. I'm going to solve I this problem by doing something like this. And it kind of felt like a real world solution if this universe existed this device here is con blood 
It is just, I'm just going to point to anything and I'm going to think about what I want and it's going to happen. And yeah, I think I that's where so. the difference I, is. I, I guess what they're wrestling with here, and I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just like, I didn't, with this piece of technology, I didn't, I didn't really give a shit because like TNG was, uh, when, you know, when they first came up with it, was very advanced compared to the original series. Like they had to kind of envision like, okay, what are going to be the further advances in technology. So we already imagined 300 years in the future. Now we got to imagine 400 years in the future. What are the changes? So they're kind of doing the same thing here. What are the other advances in technology? And I guess this is what they came up with. It's not terribly ingenious or clever or narratively satisfying. You're, you're right. It comes down to being a fairly convenient device, but they could remove it and then they could have just repaired the ship and that would have been the same, like it would have been the same end goal or the same end game there where they would have just fixed the ship and done a different techno babble. So mm -hmm. th that's why I was just like, all right, well, they got this device that's made by these other advanced guys and it's even they're baffled by it. So, you know, mm -hmm. like I was just like, eh. I, I was just kind of dissatisfied with it, but I was willing to just be like, all right, it's fine. Let's just fucking move on with it. You know, I was okay. well, it wasn't sticking with me. I was like, okay, it's fine. Okay, so let's... So then Narek, uh, he, he went to, before this scene, Narek visits the board cube, and apparently his sister is still hiding in the uh, yeah, depth. Yeah, I thought depth. she left. Yeah, she apparently beamed out when she killed Hugh. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, too. I was like, wait a second. Is this... I, I thought it, First, I thought it was like a ploy or something, like a hologram that they were using to trap Narek. I was like, why is she still here? She's there for a simple reason for a, I would say, cat fight. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. label it down that way, yeah, but uh, I don't want to label it that way. But that's essentially the purpose of why she's all of a sudden there without any reason to how she got there. And unfortunately, yeah, well, that's what we get. We needed, yeah, somebody. Yeah, that's we'll talk about it later. But yeah. I guess I guess that's the reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But let's like focus on Narek. So he, I guess he goes. He says some shit to his sister, and he says, "Hey, I I did my job." And I don't know what he's saying to her now. Like he's gonna grab some explosives and he's going to fight the synthetics. So he leaves. No, his plan was the he his plan as he communicated to her is to steal the explosives to blow up the space orchids, which were the only sort of planetary defense oh, okay. system. So, oh, the, oh, the, so the Romulans yeah. could attack. Yeah, okay. That's right. Yeah. But then he goes, that's what he tells her. But then he goes back just right after the La Serena is being repaired there. He is in front of the ship telling Rafi and Rios to help him. Yeah. But they, okay. But they don't go after the orchids. They, they go no, back he, to the he's village. Asking, yeah, he's asking for their help to, because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to murder Soji. Like he doesn't want the Romulans to destroy this planet. He wants another plan here because he's in love with Soji. Ah, okay. So he's, well, I know he was kind of begging to her later afterwards, but, or pleading to her, I would say. Yeah, it was just, I was just a little confused. And just a little thing. I mean, what happened to Narek after all this? I know I'm jumping ahead here because, okay, then why don't we just focus on them going back to the village then? So they're going back to the village. Agnes steals the eyeball from the dead synthetic or mm -hmm. destroyed synthetic from the last episode so she can open the door to Picard's room. And then she's saying she's going to help him escape, and he she does. Well, while this is happening, Rios brings his soccer ball. 
Yeah. <laughs> I really thought for a little while there that he was actually just going to kick the ball. And, he should have just alter, kicked the ball. Yeah, he should have just kicked the ball <laughs> and live up to the stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, but what are those like? Scissor kicks, scissor like bicycle kicks. kicks. Yeah. yeah, the bicycle kick. Yeah, the bicycle kick. kick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he should have done the bicycle <laughs> kick for Pele, right? It's like, <laughs> and then after he hits, hits her in the head, he goal. <laughs> That's what he should have just smoked uh, Soji right in the face with the ball. <laughs> what the fuck was in that ball? Yeah. A bomb? Yeah. One of the explosives. That's an interesting thing to kick around your ship, I guess. No, no, no. But that was one of the explosives that uh, Narek stole uh, from. The no, I realize that. But then he was able to put that in the ball. Yeah, they like constructed. They, they just replicated the ball. Oh, I actually thought that was a soccer ball. No, he doesn't keep (laughs) explosives in a soccer ball. Because you're right, that would have been a very curious decision. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little perplexed with what was going on there. But I really hope he was, I I thought he was going to kick it. I really thought that's what was going to happen. I did too, yeah. It's too bad. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. So their whole plan there was just to blow Soji up? I'm assuming. Blow up the beacon. Was the blow up the beacon. beacon. But I, I don't really understand like what else happened in this scene. Narek goes there. He gets tackled by and pinned down by the other androids. His plan fails. Yeah. Rios kicks, you know, kicks the ball, which opens up the explosive. Soji right. catches it, throws it into the air, and it explodes in the air. So no damage. Yeah. What did what was Rafi doing, and then what happened after this point? Well, I mean, Rafi was just like their plan was to just infiltrate a village. Like here's the Romulan traitor stupid fucking androids don't give them an escort and then they're like sneaking around which i was like did they did i miss a scene here like because yeah. they show up and they're like oh yeah here's our weapons yeah no problem here's the here's my pack and everything yeah no problem yeah because I, I thought like, okay i thought they were gonna they were talking about it and envisioning their plan so yeah, i but thought they, but it wasn't the case no not at all and then and then right <laughs> after that because the the guards super intelligent androids were like, oh, okay and this let them <laughs> in and then they're and then you, the next scene is like Narek like sort of stealthily like climbing like looking up at the thing and I'm like well wait a second here what where's the escort like did we I was like they must have cut a scene out here because now it looks like they're just on their own like they just let them in these random these random organics it was really weird but then but the, basically what happened right so, so they get there they're in the square and the you know and Rafi and and everybody like they're just trying to play it cool while they execute the plan which the plan completely fails. It was bizarre. It was it was a bizarre scene. I I did I, not. It, it was so fast, and I agree with you because yeah. it felt like we were missing scenes. I was getting confused. I liked that plan failed so quickly and spectacularly, which I actually liked because it was such a terrible <laughs> plan. Like it was over so fast. I'm like, yeah, that checks out. Like it was just a brutal fucking plan. Good for three quarters of our main cast. Mm. So I have a question Thanks, for guys. you. Yeah, I have a question for you. I have no memory of what happens to Narek after we see him pinned on the ground. I believe we do not see him again. Yes, he is not seen again in this episode. No, no, I don't think he is. I think that was it for him. Yeah, and even Soji's on the ship at the end, which we'll get to. Yes. So where's Narek? Uh, Maybe the androids ate him. I would have just, I just kind of wish they would have given me like a Poochie scene where Narek, they just have that cell, like little thing go up. Like, I have to go now. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched the, uh, this Netflix documentary series called Tiger King. So maybe they, maybe they fed him to their Android tigers. Maybe. I know that we didn't have any Android tigers. They had an Android spot and an Android butterfly. Maybe they have an Android pig farm and they just chop Narek up and, Fed that motherfucker to 
their Android meat grinder. I don't know. Yeah, that's that was a little odd for such yeah, a. Yeah, I wouldn't say bad. he's a. Yeah, he's not a major character, he, but you got to wrap know, something up. He was a series. Up. He was a series regular. Like his name's in the opening fucking credits. Like so, yeah, you got to. You got yeah. That's I didn't even think about about that until you said it. Like what the fuck happened to him? Like oh, I don't know. Okay, let's talk about now the board cube. After everyone, I guess, leaves, like Narek leaves, and you have Seven of Nine still there, but you have the sister, like Narek's sister, hanging around, and she's just there so Seven has an action scene. Yeah. And it was over very quickly, and she kicks him down, and yeah, that was, at least she said, like, that was for Hugh. <laughs> I didn't enjoy as much as I enjoyed Seven kicking butt. I didn't enjoy this the sequence here. I felt it was very anticlimactic, and it was just not shot well, and it was just over before you knew it. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with how the action went. Like, this, this isn't, you know, The Raid or, uh, you know, some Hong Kong action film. It was okay. It's just not a very Star Trek thing to do, to have, like, a fight and then kicking somebody into a chasm. You know, like she Gerard Butler's that bitch right down into the bowels of that fucking board cube. Well, this was very you know. nemesis. This was just like, and you know, there's lots of ties in, of course, we'll talk about to nemesis, but this was also nemesis with Riker kicking that Riemann motherfucker down the, off the bridge there. And he falls down the bowels of the enterprise. Did Riker kick a guy in nemesis? I don't remember that. I remember him fighting that guy in like an empty turbo lift shaft or, or something. I remember that. But did he like? I thought it. Yeah, I thought he kicked him. I thought they were hanging and he kicked him and then he fell. Yeah, that's maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's been yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. Did he so, yell out, "This is Sparta" before he fucked him up? No, no, no. Come on, oh, man. Okay. This that's is. He should have said, should have. "I have had enough of <laughs> enough." <laughs> that's Star Trek, right there. So I forgot about that. Now that would have been better. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I guess they have to kill the bad guy. That's right. Um, that's just that's but, all it was. There. I, I don't think, know why I, it was. But I think seven my beef, was the one who had to do it. But mm. I don't mind seven doing it. My I have a couple problems here. One problem is is just the way it's shot, but it, and it's very modern take, and there's no build up to it. So it's just like we see her; she's on the ship, and there's a whole. Pro, I'm assuming there's still a whole bunch of active Borg around there. It just all of a sudden, in the midst of all this other stuff that's going on in this episode. We just jump right to here. She's just standing there in the open doing nothing. Like this is the sister, the evil sister, Tal Shiar agent. And then Seven just shows up and then they just fight. And that's a well, very she modern. She wasn't doing nothing though. Like she was trying to get the weapon systems back online for the cube okay. in order to help. Okay. So, and then Seven fair enough, fair enough. I'll give you down, that. I guess. I'll give you that, but the way it's shot and the way the tension, like the scene is led up to it's it, to me, it's amounts to nothing. Like it is nothing. So I, that was my problem here. What about the Borg, Jeff? You know, they're part of Star Trek lore, connected heavily to Picard. This mm-hmm. season has been about synthetic and artificial life, the threat of AI. You've got the Borg here, and nothing amounts to that at all. They're not linked to anything. Except- no, they don't play into the end of the... Like, I thought there was going to... I thought they were, you know, that cube was going to be part of the the end game here they have the you know big battle or or something but you know they're not yeah not much happens here no but there's one part of it just playing into the current episode and there's a battle Mm -hmm. but what about what about tying everything into the main story i'm not saying i want a story of 
you know, this whole thing is leading up to say how the Borg was created or something along those lines. But I'm just saying you would think that the Borg would tie into this whole thematic purpose of this the season. Right. You'd and think so. You would think so. You, and it amounted you'd think to so, nothing. But you'd be wrong if you thought that. You're okay with that? It's just okay. Meh. It wasn't. No. I think it's a missed no. opportunity. I, I, I'm not okay with it. Not at all. No. So, it's, well, here's um, your chance. Talk about it. Yeah. Well, like you're right. It's a missed. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, that's that's kind of it, though. I mean, you decide that you're going to bring back this major, major piece of Star Trek. Like this is a big piece of Trek, right? The Borg play a major role in. TNG, obviously, they're not really around on DS9, but they're a big catalyst for a lot of what happens on DS9. Uh, huge, huge players in Voyager, the and and are you know in one of the movies, obviously, like our most one of, if not our most beloved Star Trek character of all time, John Picard. It's a huge part of his character. Uh, so you're going to bring him back for the show. That's about Picard. Okay, it makes sense. We're going to revisit the board. No problem. And some of what they were doing was great with Hugh and some of the struggle, like with the, the ex-Borg uh, and, and so on. You know, we're bringing Seven back and doing all this good stuff. And then they basically end up like Narek, like where they're just like, okay, well, I guess we're done with that now. Let's move on. I don't understand why you would do that. I understand part of why they did that, which we'll talk about maybe after we're done talking about the episode. But uh, it, Okay, well, yeah, well I, I'm, I'm a little confused, I guess. I, I just don't know why, and it, it, is, it's, it is a missed opportunity. Well, it is a missed opportunity. I mean, I just don't understand why the board were present in any of this, except for here's a connection to Seven, and yeah. here's just a kind of like a surface-level connection to Picard that goes nowhere, as you've already mentioned, right? So it should have tied into this whole thread of synthetic life, like, like artificial yeah. life, in and some they didn't manner. Even, they didn't even hint at that. No, the whole artificial life merged with organic. How that could, like, they didn't go. They didn't even go near that. Not at all. wasn't suggest. wasn't even hinted at that that was a consideration in this whole synthetic organic conflict. And That's the right. Borg are right there is a fusion of these two things, and they're just kind of like put their hands up, and like la 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 la. Don't don't look over there. Why? Yeah, it's right in front of your fucking face. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Just I'm speechless that they played no role. And then even then, at this point, after episode you know eight or nine, you're figuring it's going to not connect at all. And then, as you said, yeah, they didn't even play a part into any of the events of this episode, except for mm -hmm. just it's a staging ground for Seven to beat up on the other chick. Right. Okay, that's fine. That closes the Borg. Maybe that that story that story seems completely closed at this point, essentially. Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah. I guess. So now Picard and Agnes get to the Lost Serena. So Picard's going to go out and stall with the hope of Starfleet eventually showing up to stop the Romulan Armada that's coming to attack the planet. So he gets out there, and I think someone on the planet, like Soji, also launches the orchids again. Now, where did all these orchids come from? I remember they one the other lady in the previous episode said they had maybe six or eight left, but I saw many, many, many more out in space in this episode. So that just didn't seem consistent to me. While I appreciate the orchids being relaunched again, I think it's a cool visual and a cool concept. Yeah, there was, there was nothing going on here. And 
Picard tells Soji, I'm going to show you and prove to you that you should make the right decision to shut down the beacon by do that by sacrificing my life or something along those lines. Like he's going to do it through his life. It's a little odd. I don't really know what he meant by that because is he predicting he's just going to naturally die here? Because nothing, well, what gave him that instinct? Because he was lying comfortably in the room and his head pains coincidentally just start after he tells her that. Well, I think what he was, I think the reason he thought that is because he was flying a single ship into an armada of 250,000 warbirds. So, I mean, as far as lost causes go, you put that right up there. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. What do you think of, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun. Like, nothing much happens here. Starfleet does show up and we get a, I had, I had a little fist bump. It was fucking Riker. So I did. Yes. Riker. Yeah. But all these ships, you know, it's kind of funny. All these ships are the same. The whole yeah, fleet's exactly the, same the same ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, it's funny. Like I had that same thought. I'm like, why do these ships all look the same? You look at the Romulan fleet and like the Romulan ships all look exactly the same too and always have. Right. So I don't know. I guess if you're cranking out a fleet of ships, just for battle, maybe I don't know, because that's cheaper, I guess. I don't know. Question for you. Uh, yeah. Should the flagship of this fleet be, should have been the Enterprise? I'm going to say no. There's just too... Because Picard does die here. It's a little on the nose. Yeah, it's a little on but... the nose. It's too, it's too... That would be, again, we talk about coincidences and our coincidence currency. That would just be too easy. And I feel like we can't forgive... The coincidences that at all so like we can't forgive the ones that we would have enjoyed and i i know that would have been sweet but it just it wouldn't have been right no they couldn't have put any enterprise in the situation and have it feel right when picard's not on that bridge and rikers it just wouldn't have i it wouldn't have felt right to me if it were another enterprise redesigned enterprise because then i would have been like well, who, who are these guys i want to watch these guys on the enterprise like it just wasn't the place for them i don't think at this at this moment well, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Okay. I will. And- I will concede. I kind of was hoping the way. The reason why I'm saying that is I don't know at what point these people, well, the producers and the people behind CBS All Access and all that stuff, are confident in a season two. So if this was the finale and there was there was yeah. series was not going to be renewed, we're at the point where we're kind of doing armchair quarterback here. And yep. we know season two is happening. Yeah. But when you're making this thing and yep. you don't know season two is greenlit and you Picard's dying essentially here. We haven't gotten to that yep. part. You don't think it would have been a good point to pencil in the enterprise here? I think not, because then what like you're not gonna go back to it. And I think at the time they were making this, they knew it was season two. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, that is possible. This this is their most successful shit. CBS All Access, Star Trek Picard is their most successful original series. This show drew drove more subscriptions than, as far as I can tell, drove more subscriptions than any other of their original shows. And they don't have a lot. Let's go back to Picard then. So, well, first of all, you tell me your thoughts. Riker. I Pim- wish I, they had done this before. I wish they hadn't put his fucking name in the opening credits. Because as soon oh, as I saw his yeah. name in the opening credits, I was like, okay, well, Riker's going to roll it with the cavalry. I forward the opening credits. I don't watch Oh, them. I never forward the opening credits. When I watch reruns of TNG and DS9 and all of that stuff, and Carly goes to hit skip intro, I'm like, you put your fucking hand off of that remote. Because I watch the intro every time I watch a Star Trek show. and never miss it. Always watch it all the way through. 
because that's how it's supposed to be, and that's how it always was. So I saw guest special guest star Jonathan Frakes. I'm like, fuck. I mean, awesome, but fuck. Well, that just proves Carly's point and my point. So I I do that. Well, I do that. Uh, I'm with you. No, Jim. but you put his name. Oh, yeah. You put his name at the end of the episode. That's all you do. It's not like I agree. Jonathan Frakes needs fucking top billing. The guy knows who he is. He I had. agree. I agree. They should save the surprise, hundred percent. No, no doubt about it. There's, so, I mean, there's more to it than that, but it, 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 but awesome, but awesome that he was there wearing Starfleet duds. That was great. I, I did love it. I had a nice smile on my face because I just, I just love me some Riker, and mm-hmm. you know he should be here at at this moment, and that's great. Now let's get into Picard. So he dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you think? Sure does. Well, what what do you think of uh, what do you think of just this developing the lead up to it? Did it hit with you on any level? And did you anticipate it? I anticipated it. It was a dead giveaway when in the previous episode they revealed that other body, artificial body. So to me, that's right. To me, this all fell flat for me. I I felt nothing. I felt nothing. You said it. You said it on our last episode that you had predicted it. And I was like, oh, they're not going to do that. And then as soon as I'm like, oh, he's going to die. Oh, they're totally going to put him in that synthetic body. Oh, okay. So then that did rob it of all of the emotional weight that they were trying to give it. So they kind of under, like they kind of undercut themselves because they overplayed, they overplayed their hand. You know, we already know there's going to be a season two. You telegraph the synthetic body and all this. So everything you do now it's just, I'm just like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to let myself get sad and emotional about this because I know he's, they're putting him in that android body. Like, let's just get on with this already here. So everybody, it's like crocodile tears from all the characters. They're all sad, but he's mm-hmm. dead. I'm just like, he's fucking fine, guys. Just come on, get, get, get over it. He's okay. But the characters mm-hmm. don't know that. They're mourning legitimately, but, but I'm like, I'm just, you know, it's one of those cases of, dramatic irony where like you know something that the characters don't know mm. but it's not usually used to this effect where it makes me angry that they're doing it you know like it's usually used for tension um mm. and and they weren't they, that's not how they were doing they're trying to play it straight like oh hey everybody he's he's actually dead for real and we're all really sad about it like, yeah it was a good it was a good, it was a good five to seven minutes of people if, talking about it well, if it had actually been legit, and this was this series, and this was his actual death, that he didn't get transported into a robot body, it actually probably would have been pretty legit. Thought they did a good job. I thought, oh, what's Rafi's? Uh, what's the actor's name there? She was she was really good, and I thought Space Elf was really good as well. And you know, like everybody was good. Like they were good. They all played it really well. It just, but I'm just like, he's not fucking dead. So come on. Mm, I'm with you 100. percent I didn't. Unfortunately, uh, I think this needed to be handled better in through marketing and the reveal of season two and, and the reveal of that body. I mean, come on, man. You do that, you automatically know he's going, and then you automatically know he's doing that. What you shouldn't have done, I don't know, what you maybe shouldn't have done is reveal, don't reveal that he has that eremotic syndrome at the beginning and have him yeah. legitimately sacrifice himself in some way. He gets shot in the back or whatever, saving Soji or doing doing this or whatnot. And then you put him in the body. And I think then at least people who don't know there's a season two would be surprised. Or I guess you could have just skipped all of that altogether, like and just not have him die. 
That's you know right. what I mean? Like you don't yeah. you don't need to end this. It's like it's season one. Like you don't need to end the season with him with the fake out that he's done. Like just don't have him die. Mm-hmm. You know why wouldn't why? Because he didn't actually sacrifice himself. He went to sacrifice himself. Got his ass saved by Riker in the Federation, and then like his brain exploded, mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with any with the. It just had to do with his uh, aromatic syndrome. But yeah, like you said, yeah. you could just left that out. You could have just left that out. Like we know he's fucking old. We know he's just kick over at any time like doesn't didn't move didn't matter like you could have just skipped all of that shit you know i agree with you jeff i wasn't a fan of how it was handled however be that as it may i'm more than happy with how it was handled because and because of his transference i'm assuming going into a robot body or android body we get an amazing five minutes of television that i haven't seen in a long time Mm-hmm. It, it, that it was personal. It meant a lot to me. So I yeah. will give you the honor of telling me what you thought about him talking to Data and what this all I, meant. I mean, yeah, if this was what they needed to do to get this scene into the show, then yeah, I guess I'm all for it as well. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem conceptually with him being transferred into the android body. Just maybe how it was telegraphed was, um, well, whatever. We don't need to go through that. But yeah, this scene was terrific what a beautiful scene man yeah they could have just filmed this scene and that could have been season one of Picard, and i would have been great and i 100 percent agree with you if this was just season one of picard condensed into this five minutes masterpiece oh it was magic baby it was magic yeah yeah i was i was emotional i was too it it was saying it was saying goodbye to data all over again and i didn't think i needed to go through that again and this was a very perfect send-off to their relationship and to, to the character of data yeah and what he means to picard and it was handled beautifully fantastic oh it was gorgeous and and they both did such a good job ah oh, man it was so good it was so oh that's great good. and it was I, very track and it was very it was. track and as you have kind of I, I know, yeah you've hinted at this too it's kind of the culmination of Data's journey. He he did die physically, but I guess because of this, you know, mumbo jumbo nonsense of his neurons still <laughs> floating around out there, which is yeah, technically a huge stretch. But yeah, be totally. that as, be that as it may, if there is a some form of consciousness beyond death, and this is it for Data, he's saying, I now need to rest in peace and he wants to he doesn't want to exist he wants that finite existence just like humans and that's the end of his journey to become as human as he can be Mm -hmm. and it's fantastic i thought i thought this is so star trek it i made me so happy i was i was over the moon here yeah it was great i i guess i have some questions though i don't want you to question it motherfucker we can have this nice moment. <laughs> no, go ahead and question it. We're having it. No, we're, having, we're having a moment. We're ruin having it. a moment. We're having it. Okay. No, I don't want to ruin it. But so does this mean that when they, as they transferred Picard's consciousness to his new robot body, they had him hooked up to the data simulation? I'm not even sure if this is a simulation. I, well, you know what I kind of think is, hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. This is my interpretation. Part of creating these, I'm assuming part of creating these synthetics is using some aspect of Data's positronic net that they've somehow done that mumbo jumbo capture. Yeah, right, right, right. So he is he is living through those USB sticks. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) 
those huge USB sticks. Yeah, what happened to ergonomics? Holy Nothing. shit. Well, like, god damn, USB sticks are, what, a tenth of those size today? <laughs> yeah. Man, those things are like, those things are like hockey pucks. They're huge. That like, is correct. I know it's a, so, you know, I, I know you got, I know Dave is a big man, but come on, like, <laughs> they were bigger than his head. The whole thing was bigger than his head. <laughs> That's right. But I, I feel he's, he's somehow living on through that and he cannot eventually essentially die so it's um, like they're you so that that contraption that they have there they need that in order to like infuse consciousness into the yeah. androids that they build there right okay yeah that makes that's sense. right that makes so, sense i can go with you on that yeah okay so i'm assuming that's you know the mum the star trek in mumbo jumbo that they're using there for data yeah and so because of that he's saying to card that you know i am I'm still here in your new robot body, but I will need you now to in 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 that helped create your positronic net. Mm -hmm. But I now need you to get rid of it so I can actually rest in peace. Um, okay, I can go with that. Okay, so then the other question. Okay, so that's fine. I I, I I'm with you on that one. That makes a lot of sense. So then the uh, the other question that I guess I have is then data, but then data kind of does live on in all of these androids then though, right? We don't know. I would think so. Again, this is like again I, the I, part of the I'm just waiting for Picard Jumbo. to like wake up in the middle of the night next season and like data's there in his bathroom. I mean like, well, like I'm I'm a part of you now, baby. Like <laughs> you know, I'm in your head one hundred percent of the time now. Why Captain, you have to do a lot of man's grooming down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Weary. Are you functional? <laughs> yeah, but I loved all of this, and it wasn't was so good. It wasn't on the nose to me. I'm assuming if Picard was lured back to Star Trek in any way, it might have been just for the scene. I'm mm. not. Sure. I don't think that the scene was written, obviously, at that point. But it might have been discussed in early dis in early development. And I thought whoever wrote these this dialogue, they they nailed it. Absolutely yeah. nailed it. I mean, any other thoughts? I loved everything. I loved the goodbye. What'd you think of him kind of aging there as he's pulling out the chips? Like Picard's now woken up in his body. We'll talk about that in a second, but he's pulling out mm. the chips and data is slowly, whatever's remaining of data in this software, in this program. It's it, that, This is a little bit more on the nose. He's now aging. I, I'm not sure yeah. I, I enjoyed that aspect of it, but... I, I think I'm with you. I, I think it may be... What, uh... That visual wasn't necessary. No, it wasn't necessary. It didn't. It didn't blow it up either. It was fine. Actually, I wanted. I would have liked to have seen because Patrick Stewart sitting there, Picard sitting there in his old Starfleet uniform, and I would have liked to have seen him, like him more there. But yeah, I agree. He's not you. actually there either, right? Mm -hmm. You just kind of get one shot of his face, uh, probably a double for the rest of it. But that's okay. I mean, it. It would. The rest of it was nice, where he like prepares his pillow. He's like drinking his brandy or whatever, and lies down and gets ready, like all of that, you know, his jacket, his smoking jacket or whatever he's wearing there, uh, that all, even the setting where it was like, kind of looked like Picard's vineyard, but everything was coated in that gray. I love the setting. I thought it looked great. So it was all. It did. And then you really got the good. music, the same one they used in Nemesis there. Yeah. And yep. that was a beautiful emotional touch. It was a beautiful emotional touch. And what a way to make something out of, Nemesis, which basically took a big fat dump in all of our throats 10 years, 15 years ago, right? To make that something now. Like now Nemesis can have a place 
in canon, whereas I just try to kind of ignore it. Now it, it almost feels like it's been legitimized, if you will. No, no. Nemesis has been completely legitimized. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't 100% sure before. The pilot had some promise, and I wasn't mm -hmm. sold, but this sold me. Nemesis has been legitimized. 100% agree. Before I guess before we move on to the rest of the episode, maybe at this point, I'll raise my glass of whiskey to Data as a goodbye. I, uh, I loved his goodbye, Captain, at the end there, and mm -hmm. that was fantastic. So here's to you, Data. Here's to you, Data. Again. So mm. Again. Again. I always keep saying goodbye. So Picard is now an android, mm -hmm. and I, I kind of enjoyed this the scene around the table there where he's kind of having his first sip of tea in his new body there, and he's asking a couple questions, and he's saying, well, I'm not immortal, am I? And they're saying, no, we didn't give you any superpowers, and yeah. you're going to live like a natural life that you, a normal person in today's society, futuristic society, would live if you didn't have your erotic syndrome. And then I loved how he says, you couldn't have given me 10 or 20 years more. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, he even seemed, even when they said you don't have superpowers, he looked a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was really, that was a really good moment. Yeah. They're like, no, no, you're not a mortal. It's fine. Don't worry. You're going to, you're an old man. You're going to die an old man without any superpowers. It's like, well, okay, yeah, okay. That's yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm going to say, I mean, dude, I mean, this is just software. You can't fucking change that. <laughs> so I was waiting for him to like reach up to his uh, shiny head and be like, ah, oh, come on. I wish he was saying, really? <laughs> Fuck. Like, there's like, one, one little thing, guys. One little thing. Like you can't make that one change like, for me. One thing. I'm that's sure he's great. packing a, I'm sure he's packing a hammer though. Uh, that's <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sounds I mean, good. I'm sure he was already because it's Picard, but he's he's fully functional. Oh, that's great. And I guess that wraps up the show at the end there. You just get the shot of them on the crew. And Seven's now joined the crew, it looks like. At least that's yeah, the impression right. we're getting. Uh, Not she was holding hands with, uh, with uh, what's her name Raffy, there? So, Raffy. Yeah, with Raffy, yeah. So I, I assume she's part of the gang now. I'm all right yeah. with that. I love Seven and Nine. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's part of the gang. I mean, that's the intent, the impression we're supposed to get for season two there. And not sure about Soji. She's free to either stay or they'll drop her off somewhere and she'll have a life. So that's the that's the episode there. That mm -hmm. wraps up season one of Picard. What you think? I guess on these wrap up scenes and I like the yeah, I like the wrap up scenes quite a bit. I like the last scene where the the kind of crew comes. They're all on the bridge together. There, I thought it was. You know, maybe a little bit. It actually, it kind of ended how a lot of Star Trek episodes end, right? Where the crew's all on the bridge and everybody's like, hey, save the galaxy again, everybody. Wicked. That's right. You know, set a course for wherever. That So, yeah, it was good. I kind of like that last scene. You know, a little bit, little, maybe a little bit saccharine, but that's that's cool. I can dig it. I dig it. I'm fine with how it ended. Like that last, that last shot and he goes engaged and that's a nice little wink to the audience and uh, who knows what will happen next season brand new situation so that that's it for season one of picard jeff so i guess let's talk about the whole season now what'd you think <laughs> <laughs> i guess it was kind of a roller coaster in not a good way it, it felt like i was pulled in a lot of different directions and and like we reviewed every episode we talked about a lot of things and there's been ups and there's been downs and like we get confused that certain choices the writers make and the characters make and we're like why didn't they do this and they brought in this thing that could have done like they brought in the board 
They didn't use the organic synthetic fusion there in a season that's about organic versus synthetic and like all this other kind of shit, right? Little like threads that they seem to try to be weaving in and then they don't they don't tie it up, you know, they don't pay it off. So it was frustrating in a lot of in a lot of ways because it was like it was teasing us, you know? And along the way, they make questionable decisions. And every Star Trek series has made questionable decisions. Like I watch all I watch reruns of Trek all the fucking time. I don't know about you, but I watch reruns all the fucking time. And I'm watching, I'm like, okay, well, they, shit, they did this on Picard this week, and I was mad at them for doing it on Picard, and they're doing it on TNG, and I'm like, oh, this kind of works. Why? What's the difference? And I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, I have ideas for why, but I'll get into that after maybe your thoughts. But I guess that's kind of how I feel, is um, I'm kind of mixed on a lot of it, but when you get Patrick Stewart, it's worth it. And when you get Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner in a room as Picard and Data having a scene like that, shit, man, it's worth it. You know, was the whole series great? No. But was it worth it? Yeah. I would say if you want to kind of frame it in that way where if I had to get through all of that season or this season to get to that five minutes... Yes, it's worth it. That five minutes we talked about of that goodbye to Data in a very satisfactory way to say goodbye and have closure. Yeah, it's worth it. But the I agree with you 100%. This season has been a complete roller coaster. There have been some minor highs, and I'm saying minor. It has been for me mostly, and I've been holding on to this word, Jeff, disengaging i have not been as engaged as i was hoping to be when like the pilot was very promising and i enjoy the pilot after that i have been let down again and again and again and again and i have not had a lot of fun watching this show despite the still good performance for patrick stewart but he is surrounded by a people I'm not that connected to, I should say, for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons we've talked about. Seven is a pleasure to have here and there, but based on what I'm, you know, now I'm seeing again and how the character, what her function is here, she still was not written well. And there's a lot of missed opportunities there. There was a couple of mo- great moments with Seven uh, from a writing perspective. I'm not talking about action perspective. Action, she's, that's all she's doing. But she deserves better than that. I think Picard deserves better than that. I think these other new characters deserve better than that. I mean, you know, I know you're a fan of, you know, Space Elf or Space Legolas there, but he's yeah, just... He's <laughs> fucking... So good. He's fucking useless. <laughs> oh, he's like... so useless. He's the Travis Mayweather. I, I call him the Wesley Crusher, but he's not Wesley Crusher. He's the Travis Mayweather of this series. Yeah, he's sure. worse than Wesley. Like he doesn't oh, even, man. he doesn't even get that. So well, Wesley did shit. Yeah. Wesley did shit. He had his yeah, own episodes too. Yeah. So this oh, poor, man, poor guy, guy, the other characters I'm really not a fan of. I really detested Agnes's character throughout this whole show. Surprisingly, I do like Alison pill, but I am questioning her, unfortunately her acting credentials here, but I think it's more on the writing. That's really screwing her over. Rios is okay. You don't really get to know any of these characters. Rafi had a little bit of more depth there. What happened to her son? So you introduce all this and now it's just dropped. So I'm a fucking dick. Fuck him. Well, you know what I mean? So, I mean, there's a lot of... I do know what you mean. Yeah. They didn't didn't do anything with him. 
yeah, none of these characters, new characters, were done had had justice done to any of. Them. So no. I don't give a motherfucking rat's ass about any of that. So that's a fail. You want to say if Patrick Stewart's coming in here and saying, "I don't want to do a reunion show." Sure, I'll have some cameos from my old buddies here from the old show. But I don't want it to. I don't want to be hanging around them every episode. So. If you go down that route, you better be developing your supporting characters well. And that's not done. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not even one of them. So it's a fail. And it pisses me off. And I still felt like to this episode, the finale, finally was more centered around more on Picard. Mm-hmm. And his whole relationship with Data and what his goal was and stuff like that. But I also feel like his relationship with Soji is manufactured. Mm-hmm. I know he wants yeah. to do the right thing because... She's kind of like Data's progeny. So there, there's a purpose there. And he wants to do well by her. But there's still not a great relationship there. It's kind of nothing's really there in right. essence. Nothing's there with him and the rest of the crew. So what am I watching? And, and Picard was kind of taking the backseat to the rest of the characters for the most part until mm-hmm. this episode, the second half of this episode. So when the second half of this episode kicked into gear, you're more engaged. Again, pun intended. So yeah. I'm extremely frustrated and disappointed with this with this series so far. I don't think it's very good, but I do agree that the to get to this lap, this five minutes of perfection, and again, it's with data and Picard and data. It's not Picard yeah. and anything new. It's with P- Picard and data again, and I love it. But what was the point of this series so far? I I really want to ask you what well, was the point because well, I got I, through a lot. Yeah. We went through a lot of crap. In my opinion, or in your opinion, a lot of mixed stuff to get to five minutes of perfection. Is that an excuse for this thing to exist? I guess there's a lot of layers there. If we're talking about like excuse for it to exist. I mean, I've talked to other Star Trek fans. I'll tell you I'll tell you the opinion of my my mom. How about that? Okay. So my mom is a diehard Star Trek fan. She watched the original series on TV when it originally aired. When my brother and I were growing up and we were little kids, it was William Shatner on fucking reruns on TV, going to the movie theater, watching Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, all that stuff. Like This is compulsory compulsory material it was, for anyone. It was compulsory material for anyone, but my mom made sure that it happened for me and my brother. Mm-hmm. When TNG came on, it was appointment viewing because my mom would not miss Star Trek. And so as the card came on, like she was over at my house, she's like, she, you know, she was Picard, what you think? And I told her, you know, and I kind of went over some of the things that you and I talked about on the show. And I'm like, what did you think? She's like, I didn't pick up any of that stuff. I thought it was great. I loved it. Like she was watching William Shatner in 1967. She's like, this is great. I love it. Been there every step of the way. And she's watching this. She's like, this is great. I love it. So like when I hear that from somebody who I know is legit, Star Trek fan, like my mom never put on ears and went to a convention or anything like that, but she's gone through all of these moments in Trek history that you and I have, more than you and I have. She was there when it started before you and I even existed. Mm-hmm. So when I hear that, I'm like, okay, well, then maybe this is something more like you and I pick nits because that's what we've decided to do on this show. Like that's what kind of made this show about like digging into stuff. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We should do that. Um, and we're going to continue doing that. But I don't know. It gave me a little perspective. I was like, okay, well, I just like took a step back. 
when I had that conversation with her. And I've had a few conversations. She's like, did you watch the episode this week? I'm like, yeah. You know, I wasn't sure about this, this, and this. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, it was fine. Like, this it was really good. I'm like, yeah, I guess so, you know. It was fine. So I just, like, I guess it's kind of, maybe I, I, I've grown like Picard. I've just softened up a little bit. It's so fucking serious, as I used to be when I was younger. Um, now that I'm old now, I'm just like, oh, okay, I dig it. Now, all of that being said, if you continue my, if you'll allow me to continue my long monologue. Please do. Um, yeah. I, I've <laughs> got, I'm drinking whiskey, so continue. Yeah, yeah <laughs> me too. So yesterday I read a very in-depth interview. I think it was in, I think it was in Variety or it was Hollywood Report or something with Michael Chapon, who's the showrunner for Picard season one. It was actually a really, really good interview. Like it, he talked a lot about the show. So for those of you who are listening right now or may not know, so Michael Chabon, this is his first like showrunner experience on TV. He's actually a Pulitzer Prize winning novelist. He's written a couple of my favorite novels of all time. So I know the guy knows character and I know the guy knows how to like write a story. But one of the things he said, which I thought was really interesting, is one of the challenges that this show presented was they're like two dials, like on an Etch-A-Sketch. You know, like an Etch-A-Sketch has two dials. And in the context of the show, one one dial is character, one dial is plot. And traditionally speaking, especially science, TV in general, but science fiction especially is very plot driven. So that means that, like you plot out a story and then you kind of plug characters into it to react how you need them to react to advance the plot. The original series is this way. TNG was this way. Uh, DS9 was this way. And they had the luxury of having like a lot of episodes they could build those characters out, you know, but they were not character driven, especially. In fact, they usually had to make the characters, they would have to kind of twist them around a little bit to make the decisions they needed to make more to advance the plot. And so what he felt was in this um, in this show is that he felt that he was trying to turn both of those dials on the edge of sketch in order to create a perfect 45 degree angle between plot and character. And it's like you try to pull in one direction too hard, then you got to pull in the other one. And that's really, really difficult. He's the guy who made the show, and he's the one who said it, and that's kind of what's been in my mind the whole time, not in those words. I'm like, yeah, we're really struggling with making this character-driven show, but also having it being very plot-driven. So I can see that that created a lot, of the, a lot of the issues I think that you and I are coming up with right now is related to that struggle that they had between trying to make it character-driven and plot-driven equally at the same time. It's really not possible. And I know you've criticized the writing on the show, and I think in places that's true, but they actually, the writers are good. They have good writers. They just have a structural issue because they can't reconcile plot plot with character-driven. And another thing that he said was that the mandate for the show from Patrick Stewart, because Patrick Stewart was a driving force. If they didn't have his okay, there was no show. Had to follow his direction and one of his directives was we can't do next generation part two everything has to be i don't i don't have any interest in doing next generation part two come back and play picard it has to be different it has to be fresh it has to be interesting and one of the things that you had said i don't know it was last last episode of the before where you're saying that you just didn't want to like hang out with his co-stars and share the screen time and that isn't exactly the case the case was that he didn't want to just be a, the captain of whatever ship or the enterprise given orders to Riker and Geordi and all of them. 
he would have been fine. He's fine with all those characters being on there. But what he wanted was something new. So they're going to bring in out one of the mandates was that they're going to bring in elements from the previous show from 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 TNG. It'd be new or different. Something had to be fresh and engaging. Otherwise, it wasn't worthwhile because we've already done the old stuff. And I feel like that was where they were like, well, we got to bring the Borg and we got a card. So what did they do with the Borg? They did actually some cool stuff with the Borg, but they didn't go far enough or they didn't pay it off. Right. So I think they were fighting too much with just the existence of this show to make it exist. And that is where all the problems came from. So it's a really good interview just to seek it out, to read it. Anyway, he's not the showrunner for season two, by the way. So we'll, we're going to get something presumably uh, fairly different. I don't know really how to respond to that, Jeff. I mean, I appreciate the fact that they're limited to 10 episodes, but I call BS on... I, I appreciate Patrick Stewart saying I want to do something fresh and he doesn't want to do the same old thing. Well, I'm okay with that. I don't mind that there's a new captain here. Let there be a new captain here. Great. No problem. You got Rio. So you got these other guys, right? But um, I guess I just some, some guys, Gabe, and my goodness, I don't, I'm not even going to bother to pronounce the other one. How's it going? <laughs> so, How's it going, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't necessarily agree with what he's saying here. I, I just feel it's a cheap way of, uh, okay, Gabe itches. <laughs> There's Shout your shout out. Itch, bro. Yeah, scratch that itch. Scratch there you go. Because you don't you don't need that in your life, man. Get some antibiotics. <laughs> you got some eczema problems going on there. <laughs> or I hope it's just that. It's a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. It, it's right funny because anybody who listens to this show perhaps in the future be like, what are these fuckers talking about? Thanks for joining the show, guys. Good just just shout out. Just appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we're just shouting out people who are joining the show. But anyway, Carrie can hey, well, okay, hold up. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna stop. You can't call BS on. Well, you can call BS. Well, you well that's my, that's my mo. I always call BS. No, no, no. I followed this this writer's works for 20 years. I know how much of a hardcore Trek fan he is before he was ever involved. Decades before he was ever involved in this. So I know that he's legit in his intention. I'm not saying that he pulled it off because I don't think because he didn't. Like I think we can agree to entirely pull it off aside from a few scenes here and there. But um, I feel the heart behind it. I feel the intent behind it. It's not an excuse. It didn't quite like nail it, but. I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to say. Go ahead. You were saying things. No, well, I'm just saying, I mean, I'm all for, as I said, he's saying we can't do the same old thing. No problem. We got to follow what Patrick Stewart wants. Um, he has some mandates. I'm not saying I want next gen two. I don't want Picard just captaining the Enterprise around all of the old crew again. But w- what justice did we do to the character of Picard is my first question. And what justice did we do to the new characters that we just, that, that, that his new crew is like all these other new characters mm-hmm. here. What was the point? What was the purpose? So I want to really focus on Picard. We already talked about okay. throughout all the other episodes that we reviewed that the other characters have not been done justice. I want to focus yeah. on not just, I want to do something fresh and be around new people. And what happened here with this character? What was his development outside of just closure with data? I, and we got I, five I minutes guess, of brilliant yeah. writing there, but outside of that, yeah, no, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I guess we don't get. I mean, there's no closure there because we're not done with the story yet. Hey, Sylvie, just letting you know, Sylvie joined us. So, how you doing? Welcome aboard, Sylvie. Thanks oh. for and bye, Sylvie. Uh, well, thanks for nothing, I guess. Um, <laughs> Gay bitches is still our man, right? Gay bitches. Oh boy. No, no, the um, other one. 
What? Sorry, PBG Dime Cabby something party? Man, that's a hell of a name. He has ventricular cabin fever. I know what cabin fever is. I don't know what ventricular means. And we both have degrees and we don't know what ventricular. Do you know what ventricular means? Something to do with the blood vessels, I'm assuming. Yeah, right. And the heart. There you go. Okay, good enough. So he has cabin fever of the heart. I guess there I can understand that. That makes sense. So, okay, <laughs> back to the show. All right, I guess the only, de- what's funny about what you say, like the development of Picard is he only developed past the point that he had developed to off screen. Because what he learns here is like the same thing that kind of like Kirk had told him in Generations was like, don't let them promote you. Don't let them transfer you. Don't let them do anything that takes you off the bridge of that ship. Because while you're there, you can make a difference. And I believe that's an exact quote. And that's pretty good because I've watched the movie in years. It is, but he, you, should, he, you should know it off by heart anyways. Uh, and I do. So this feels like at the very least he gets there again. He's like, why did I retire? I still, have, I still have a show I can offer. I should be out there. I should be fighting. I shouldn't have given up before. But because we didn't see him make those choices before, it's a little bit manufactured in that sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he, he after we left him in Nemesis and, uh, you know, the crew is, you know, after Nemesis, the crew is fractured, Day is dead. Riker and Troy go off to do their own thing on their own ship. So he's left with Jordy, uh, right? Because Worf, all oh, Worf also fucked off, right? So he's left with Jordy. And as much as I love LeVar and Jordy, it's like, all right, I'm going to go do this other thing. Jordy, uh, thanks. <laughs> Jordy still gets no, Jordy still gets no love. <laughs> still gets no love, man. He probably has a holiday simulation with uh, Picard. He's, uh, there you go. He probably, he probably has a simulation of Barkley at this point, poor Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like like he he left, like things happened to make him leave and all of that. And this is sort of the rebuttal to that. Like he he made a mistake. And he didn't kind of he didn't make that mistake on purpose. He 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 stood up for what he believed in and got kind of drummed out of Starfleet. And this was his chance to make that right. But we never saw him get drummed out of Starfleet. We only saw it in flashbacks in this series. So they kind of manufactured the conflict to kind of give us the message of the show. It's kind of trying to justify its own existence. And I guess it's okay. I mean, I still love seeing Patrick Stewart as Picard, especially his last few episodes. He's been, he grew in strength as the course of the series went on. So it's one of the things I'm glad for. But. I just feel that there needed to be more here for the character. We already talked mm-hmm. about what was the Borg's involvement and why couldn't that been more intertwined into the theme of synthetic life and, and all that stuff. It just feels like, there has been a lot of missed opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it was just a gra- grab bag full of ideas that in the writer's room. And it was just like, I grabbed a whole bunch of ideas on some shredded paper and I threw it at the screen and here you go. And then, oh shit, it didn't pad out. Now I got one episode left and there you go. It does feel a bit like that for sure. And you know, what's odd about that is that like they kind of break the whole season not necessarily one sitting, but they kind of break the whole season. Like, okay, overall, here's what we're doing. And then they break the individual episodes after that to kind of fit into the overall season. And that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before, is that they're trying to fit the character stuff and the plot stuff equally. And that's one of the dangers of breaking the whole season like this. When you have serialized shows and a season arc, you run the risk of not giving the characters the payoffs that they need, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then everything, all the character moments feel kind of shoehorned. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened here. You know, like we had too many characters, I think, for 10 episodes. We didn't, we could probably have done without Agnes, right? I agreed, um, 100%. Yeah. 
And uh, I like Alison Pill too. And I thought she did as good a job as she could. Like she just wasn't given much to work with. And I thought she did as good as she, as well as she could have with what she had. She just didn't have much. So I kind of feel bad for her. Same with um, uh, Elnor. Elnor's his name, right? It's like what a shitty name too, eh? Space. <laughs> they couldn't well, even do the name. They couldn't even do the name credit. Uh, any credit it's, so, it's so Party weird. Justice. Like, okay, they create the Romulan guy. And they make him as Middle Earth as they can with the long hair. He's not even got the pointy ears as he's Romulan. He's got the sword. He's so elfish. Mm. And to top it and off, the outfit. They give him, and the outfit, too. And the outfit. And they fucking straight up give him a name right out of Middle Earth. It is not a Romulan name at all. It's not a to, to apostrophe something or, you know what I mean? It's so fucking Middle Earth. And I don't know. It was weird, man. And I liked him a lot, but like, what's the fucking point? Get rid of no, him no too. Point. No point. Get there was no point. With, there was no function. Re- the character had no, no function. No, no function at all. Because he's like, I need you to come along because I'm an old man and I need somebody to kick ass. I mean, he only decapitated like three guys in the whole show. Like, come on. That's it? Forget about no, the but, decapitation. There's nothing else to no, the character. No, there's nothing for him to do. And, and they could have... What the, I, I feel like what this show needed more was more of a ragtag feel. I think they were going for the ragtag feel, but they have all of these, like, two former Starfleet officers who obviously know how to kick ass. They got, like, the foremost cybernetics person and this badass Romulan and an android who could pull your eyeballs out with her toes. Like, like it should have been Rafi, Rios. Yes, and, and Picard. And Picard. Well, and I, they, I mean, they need, I was- they need Soji because that's the driving that's Peace, right. right. The crew should have been reduced to in the characters, Rafi, Rios, and Picard. Done. And mm-hmm. then you could have really strengthened the relationship and the development of those three together as a trio. And you could have just used that formula of Kirk, Spock, and uh, McCoy. Just sit, but right. done something different, but that worked as a, as a trio. And you could have mm-hmm. done that here and really strengthen it in that sense. Yeah. So and real like real ragtag like Battlestar Galactica style like we're we're what's end hanging on by a thread here trying to get this thing done whatever it is they're trying to get done you know but yeah they but they got all this other they get this other baggage in, you know like it's it's ten episodes many of fucking six principal actors in a ten episode series nope. especially when you know you're only going to have two maybe three seasons. Yeah, that's right. So I I 100% agree with you. But then I guess, be that as it may, Jeff, then your overall thoughts on the season to kind of wrap things up here. What do you think? Like, is this a recommend? Is this a rare antiquity? And what are your thoughts of just leading into season two? Like, where can this go? And would you be, obviously, because it's Picard and Patrick Stewart, you're going to be looking forward to it. But, you know, just give me your high level thoughts there. I'll give the season like a six and a half out of 10. I recommend it. I was never bored watching it, and I looked forward to it every week. And part of the reason why I was looking forward to it every week is because I was like hoping it would get better. I don't know. I think I probably enjoyed it more than you did. It was never a slog to me. I liked it. I had problems with it, but yeah, give me more. Is it a rare antiquity as we do on our show when we talk about that kind of thing? That's too early to tell. Probably not. I mean, modern TV is a very different animal than what you and I usually analyze. So, But yeah, uh, where can season two go? In the immortal words of the man himself, five card stud, nothing wild, sky's the limit. Fair enough. If you want to put a numerical value to the ranking of this, I'd give it a nice four and a half, I would say. 
I feel under five, really. Yeah, I'm going under five, man. I'm giving it a oh, a bear a bear fail. This is not Rise of Skywalker garbage shit level stuff that's going on here, but it deserved better. The character deserved better. The story writing deserved better. These characters, these new characters deserve better. So from that perspective, we keep talking about when we review other things, it's all about characters and story. And if nothing is service there, despite there being some highs, peak highs, like or momentary highs, it's not enough. So I can't give it a pass. Was it a slog? I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a slog. I still look forward to it every week. When you talk about your mom and other people enjoying it and stuff like that, I can get it. I get it. I'm not going to berate them for their opinion and for people to enjoy it or not enjoy it. That's um, good, man. My mom's spirit. She fuck you up. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't want to go down there. So, and if people enjoy it, I think that's fantastic. Just, just the story writing and the disservice to the characters is just too weak for me to give it a pass. Despite me seeing Picard again, that was my fear. Going in, at least there was elements of his spirit of the character. That's what I'm happy about, that that spirit remained intact. If you recall, before we started reviewing Picard, when the show was announced, I think we were talking about Discovery, and based on how things were tracking with other things and Star Wars and stuff like that, I was like quite nervous about how they would service the character of Picard. So at least they, from a spiritual perspective, he was serviced. So I'm happy about that. The story for the character deserved better, especially now that the character has, you know, spoiler warning, he is dead. So, but still living on in an artificial body. So, I'm still looking forward to season two. I'm not sure where they can go with with this for the character now. I mean, the sky's the limit, I guess, as you said there. So, we'll see. They're not limited or, you know, restricted to anything that they can do or experience. So, Mm. anything can happen. Here's hoping that. You know, the selfish part of me and the fan in me still sees some old crew members pop up occasionally. Yeah. Well, uh, we are going to nice, see but I really... that that's happening, right? So that's... Oh, that, that's, that's right, I guess. Cool. You know, here's the funny thing. I think on this quest of the, da- the, the quest for data or the search for data here, I really do think Jordy should have been involved Yeah. in, in some me, aspect me here. Instead of Riker, maybe Jordy should have had his episodes here. Yeah, I think that would have been more appropriate. And the other thing here too, Jeff, we talked, we hinted at this earlier in another episode. I do think Q needed to be in in this season one here, especially with the natural body of Picard dying yeah. in in some aspect. Be, but then when he did die, you're robbing. Like Q couldn't have been part of that. That had to be how it played out as how we saw. So with data, yeah. so hard to say. I do think Q should have been somewhat prominent in this first season here and then that could have been it so it's a bit disappointing for me i I was hoping that would have happened but here's hoping maybe season two he'll make fun of him in his new body (laughs) that'd be great that'd be fantastic i mean you never know right i mean well they've already i know they've already broken the season they have the layout for season two already Mm -hmm. they haven't written all of it yet but it's ready to go so yeah well here's hoping picard to reach for that undiscovered country of good Prop, a good consistent storytelling we can i could we raise our glass to that i guess to round here's up a, here's a here's a clink to him and uh matt i i think that we should we should call it here i think we were going to probably yeah. touch base on discovery season two and the state of trek but i think this is an appropriate place to call it no i agree 
we have uh, just for people who are listening, we should we should plug the show. So those of you who are gracious enough to have hung out with us for our episode tonight, check out our other episodes where we uh, typically review older, sort of forgotten gems, movies from the past. So check check that out because we're huge Star Trek fans. We do this sort of as an aside. That's right, and I and also I think we did Discovery season one as well. So eventually get posted in maybe the year twenty two fifty six. Yeah, exactly. In a in a hundred <laughs> years, when you're those of you who are listening, we're we're slowly yeah. editing and putting. Well, no, it I mean I figure like in a hundred years during the next global pandemic when you're shutting in and you know needing to listen to something, hopefully this brings you comfort at that time when like uh, pterodactyls are fucking coming out of the sky picking people up off the street i don't know where that came from not just uh, anyway i guess that's it right so our next we're going to get back to our regular routine next time i guess right that's right and and what was it the black hole so, yeah the black hole disney's the black hole which we had announced uh, a few a months ago, ago that we were going to do but uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna roll in with our analysis of that should be a lot of fun we'll get that up uh, real soon Sounds good, and uh, thank you. My goodness, I cannot pronounce that. PBG nine cab F three nine party. There you I go. I think it's not a it's not a word, man. I think he's ventricular cabin fever. It's his fucking name. Yeah, if you're still so. listening, cheers. Thanks for joining us, and uh, Jeff, I will see you on the other side. All right, man. Back to you then.